please leave me a rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever. Thank you. Wherever they tell you, just hang in there. That's how it is. That's how mm. married life is. Just hang in there. Pasafia. So you tend to really, yeah. But personally, that's one of the reasons I came here to be independent and be able to do everything for myself, which I'm capable of. So that's when I told him, okay, looks like this is not working out. The sound quality of this. Whoa, did you just hear that? That was the sound of a toilet flushing above me. The sound quality of this episode is as bad as this episode is good. And today I interviewed my group home boss, Monica, or in her local language in Kenya, it is Jepkoske. At the end of the interview, I tell her that I admire her because she's a strong, independent woman. And because of feminism going mainstream, those terms feel a little bit cliche. But I assure you, she is. And I pray that you suffer through the poor audio quality. And I may be overreacting. Um, maybe it's not as bad as I think it is. But I hope, <laughs> whatever. I hope you listen so that you can be inspired by this wonderful person. Thank you, Monica, for being on. I hope you like this episode. And here's the theme song. Welcome to Your Eulogy, the podcast where I interview someone about their life so that we can talk about their death. (laughs) Today, uh, my interview is with uh, my boss, Monica. You are officially my boss. Before, you were just in charge. And, or, yeah, is that correct? Something like that. Okay. We are currently in the basement of a group home. Um, You can probably hear the... uh, the heating system, um, but there weren't very many places we could go that that weren't loud. And yeah, um, thank you for giving me the time today. You're you're really busy. What was your schedule like, or what is your schedule like today? Ah, uh, today I had a training from nine to four p.m. nine a.m. to four p.m. Then I came over to the house before heading home. Mm. Do you still work at multiple houses? Not, not anymore, but I do help whenever needed. Great. Yeah. And what I'm (coughs) trying to get at is at one point you were working incredible hours that I was just amazed at. What did you, did you used to work like 60, 70 hours a week at two different houses? Two different companies, actually. Um, So I work overnight Sunday through Wednesday. And then I come here during the day for another eight hours. So... Overnight, 10 hours, then during the day, 8 hours, Monday through Friday, overnight, Sunday through Wednesday, 10 hour shifts, and then every other weekend, which um, I think I'm going to stop working there soon. So I work about an average of about 100, 110 hours a week. 
Woo. <laughs> <laughs> but you're finally slowing down. Before you, you didn't want to become the boss of this house because that would mean that you would have, you wouldn't be able to to work the other. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And so, what what do you do with all all of that money? Okay, all the money that I work for, really, it all goes to my family back home because we support family. That's a cultural thing. So my immediate family, that's my father, my mother, then sisters, brothers, extended family members. Yeah, then I'm a little bit of savings for myself, investing back home. So when I retire, I have a place to go to. Oh, and I didn't know that. Finally rest. Yeah. I But I'll still be back and forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, <coughs> you are from Kenya? I'm from Kenya. And your your American name is Monica, but your Kenyan name is Joe... Chip Koske. Chip Koske. Yes. Um, and that means... And that means um, my mom was in labor for about, actually, almost over 12 hours. So that's the meaning of the name, <laughs> Chip Koske. <laughs> <laughs> Difficult labor. Yeah. Is yes. <laughs> I mean, did your mom, like, why did your mom <laughs> name you after how painful it was? So culturally, um, the names that we're given when... Um, You get a baby, it's um, either the season or the time or the event or whatever is going on at that time. So each one of us has, the name has a meaning. So oh. she could have named me Chepkem Boy, which is night. Oh. Or, yeah. So this was more eventful than like the long, many hours of labor. That's really interesting. Yes. Um, so uh, what... what um, What are some of your family members' names that would relate to that naming tradition? Okay, like for example, um, my sister. I'm the eldest in the family of ten, actually. So my sister is my sister is called Cheruta. Cheruta is traveling. So my mom had gone to visit her brother, who was a dentist. Then she went into labor, and gave birth to her. Ah, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Then my brother, following that, is um, is passed on. His name is Kiprotich. So Kiprotich is when the animals are coming home in the evening after a long day of grazing, feeding. So that's called Kiprotich. Oh. Mm-hmm. Do people always make jokes? Um, or like when you meet someone, do people like make jokes about the names? Like, oh, you, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's time to go rest now after a long day. And me, of course, they'll, they make jokes of me like... Uh, You tortured your mom, almost killed her. <laughs> <laughs> and being the oldest, normally, no. It's either you go into labor early or later, or it's easier, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, you have, your ki- how many kids do you have? I, I have two. Two? Yes. Um, and w- were they born here? No. Um, when they came, my oldest was Dennis. He was nine. Then Jennifer was four. So Dennis is 27 now, and Jennifer is um, 21. Oh, okay. So that's about 17 years ago. Yes. All right. Um, what What do you think the differences are? And we're not just going to... T- <laughs> well, I, I don't want to just like focus on um, your immigrant story. No problem. Um, but... Just talk about for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are some of your observations as having spent so much time here and um, compared to uh, back home? 
All right, for example, when I first came here, I was totally lost, missed home, the culture and everything, accent I couldn't understand when people talked. Uh, you people, you talk about us having an accent. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't understand because <laughs> I thought, oh, they were speaking through their nose. Like <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I settled down and the difference is um, there's more security here and more opportunities. You can work as many jobs as you want and make money, but back home, you only have one job. Monday through Friday, eight-hour shifts, you get paid end of the month. Mm. Not is unless that just a cultural thing? Or it is. is it? That's how it is. And then not unless you have other sources of income, you're doing farming, or you have a business. But right now, farming is no good. Too much corruption. So it might be a farmer, you harvest corn, you have nowhere to sell it, or throw away price which will not get back your money that you put into. Ah, uh, so, so mm -hmm. the corruption is corruption when you want to bring it much. to market, they'll say <coughs> you have to pay to <coughs> sell here. You or have to bribe or what they do, they get, for example, they'll get corn from the neighboring country, which is very cheap. Then we farmers bring our corn in, and the price they're giving you is like ridiculous. So you bring your corn back home, then look for market elsewhere. Hmm. So people are very poor there now, really. They have huge junks of farms and cannot utilize nowhere to bring their crop or their harvest because of corruption. And then another thing, security. You could be hardworking. You have your nice house, furniture, car. You're driving home. So, homes, they have like, they have walls and a gate, steel gate. So, you're at your gate, either your house help is unlocking the gate, and robbers are waiting right at the gate. At gunpoint, they go in with you, rob you, take your car, everything. <laughs> so, that's I one see. of the reasons you're in security compared to here. I thought when you said security, <coughs> I thought you were talking about is. And you were saying we have more security, yes, or, or it's safer. It's I thought safer. I thought you were saying you were being critical of like over policing. That one too, that one too. For example, if they're like um, riots and what have you, you're all beaten up. As a victim of that, when I was pregnant, Jennifer got beaten, tear gas thrown. You cannot see where you're going, and they're kicking, beating you. You've not done anything. Oh, yes. And what was, what was that? Were you involved that in? That was in political. No, it was a political rally. So you get caught in the middle of it. You're coming out of work and you don't know what's going on. Then just erupts. And then uh, the military, like the GSU, General Service Unit, mm -hmm. are released to disperse people so they don't care who they hit. Beat everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, so compared, yeah, comparable... Nothing like that happens here. Yeah. Josiah, um, our other co-worker who I had on an earlier interview was talking about how he wants <coughs> to get into politics when he returns back home to Kenya because of the corruption. Um, <laughs> there was, what, there, there recently was an election, right? Yes. Um, There'll be an election actually one year after the elections here. Okay. Yes. Is it every four years? Every four years, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there'll be elections. And um, so if he has to go into politics, he has to bribe his way in. You have to bribe. You're looking for a job, you have to bribe. 
Mm, yeah. Up to like $10,000 to get a job. <laughs> so so that's how it goes, yeah. What do you, what would you like to talk about whenever? So I interview people, we kind of talk about their life. Okay. Um, and then at the end we talk about death and what they want out of life and um, things like that. What, what do you, uh, what's, what's sitting in your heart right now that, that drives you that you want to talk about? I don't know. Nothing depends on what you want for your interview. What questions do you want to ask? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think you're a cool person. I, I, you know, I always like talking with you, so I assumed something cool would happen. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have much time to prepare because I I didn't know that you would uh, be coming in today and we'd be able to do this. But Mm -hmm. what do you, what, what's your, what's the best thing happening in your life right now? Oh, the best thing happening in my life right now is so my kids are doing good. Yeah, they are priority in my life. I still call them kids, though they are 27, 21. Mm. And my parents, they're all healthy, siblings. Really. Great. I'm what's just grateful for everything. What's the worst thing happening in your life then? Death, sickness. Yeah. Yeah, you um went back for your aunt's funeral yes. a couple months ago? Ah, uh, that was like about two years ago, 2006, December. Am I? That was 2006, December. That's, yeah, about two years ago. Oh, my Lord, I feel like I just time traveled yeah, I know, for like I know. two years. Yeah, we brought her body back home because <laughs> she died here. And apparently she was deeply, deeply depressed. Mm-hmm. We didn't know how bad it was, and we still believe it was suicide. Yeah, because when we came from home, she was depressed there, and it got worse here. So we had to bring her body home to be buried. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember you were. You said when uh, people die, everyone pitches in because yes. it costs like was it like four thousand dollars? No, to bring the body back home, twenty thousand dollars. Oh my lord! I thought yeah. I was misremembering it. Twenty thousand being that high. Yeah, the flight alone, I think it's about fifteen, twelve thousand dollars, because they have to put the body in a cooler. Yeah, the plane. Yeah, I think I gave you twenty dollars. You but, did. But that, I that didn't, was nice. I didn't have the right app, so <laughs> you didn't actually get it. That's okay. <laughs> You're willing. Yeah, people do chip in the community, friends, and my. Uh, I mean, Kenyans generally are good at that. Weddings, yeah. deaths, and sickness. Do you ever People feel have. that it it's yeah? So that that obviously is a good thing when a community comes together. But do you ever feel it goes too far and there's too much pressure? Like you know, you're supporting like eight different people. Definitely, it's it's too much. But at the same time, that's the culture. We're used to doing that. Like right now, I've about just got done with our. The wedding preparation that's going to happen in Kenya, we raised uh, $22,000. Then there's another one coming up. 
<laughs> then there's a baby shower, all that. So it's usually $20, $200. So at the end of the day, it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we know that in case of anything, there's always this community that will support you. Yeah, that, that's wonderful. Um, American culture, I feel, um, or at least my slice of American culture, mm-hmm. um, like white Midwest culture, sometimes, yeah, there, there's a little bit of a gap of that. There's, you know, the, the negative side of the individualism yes. of America. But I like that sometimes. <laughs> like if it was like that in our culture, I'll not be working all these jobs. Because it will just be me and my kids. Mm-hmm. That's it. So my kids who are raised here, especially my daughter, anytime I'm sending money home, she gets really upset. Like, why are you giving them money? You should be spending it on me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's be the culture. to talk to her because she's got a real clear... Um, she does, yeah. She doesn't know much about back home, but the older one, Dennis, yeah, still remember stuff about there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What what do you, did you have any dreams or um I don't know. I mean the 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 work ethic of uh being a immigrant that um you know supports so many people and um Yeah, yeah, your work ethic seems to kind of define you. Do you like that? Do you feel like that's accurate for how you want to live? Always just kind of one foot in front of the other. That's how we were brought up and it's part of us. But not all of us do that. So, you know, it's not all of us. It's, um, I believe, it's the background, upbringing of an individual and the person. They, like, the individual themselves who decide to do that or not. So, personally, I don't mind. Those, there are times I get really frustrated, like, at the end of the year. I look at like when I'm filing my taxes, I made so much, but where's the money? Yeah, you got <laughs> audited once. I got because audited. Because they didn't believe that yes. you gave all that money away. But I make so much money, but are you hiding it under your bed? Do you have a safe in your house? So I had these long sheets of all the monies that I'm sending home. So I showed them, I was like, this is what happens. I'm supporting <laughs> people back home and... Yeah, but at the same time, yeah, I put a little bit here for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I try to plan well yeah. for my retirement, yeah. And then you, you you seem to, you know, give yourself treats. I do. You know, your hair always looks good. Yeah. You're uh, like, um, what, what what would you say your hobbies are? My hobbies? Every once in a while, you're Every like. Every once in a while. I love to just chill at home in my bedroom watch a movie on Netflix, get my Kindle, read a book, listen to music, have a glass of wine and just chill. That's my favorite hobby. Just relax. Cause and then have the best in life. I want that shoe, I get it. Yeah. Ah, you see this cause like, I'm gonna get this one. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise I'll give out all the money. <laughs> So I try to make myself happy at the same time and not forget about putting something aside. Yeah. For the future, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Minnesota? What do you like about living here? Okay, number one, this is where I landed, and I don't like change. Oh. 
so I'm comfortable. Another example, um, I came here 2000, 2000, yeah, in 2000. And I've worked the same three jobs since then. I've never changed them. How do so you? I don't what? like change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, change <laughs> if I can help it, but if necessary, of course I will. But if I if I don't have to, I do not. Yeah. Yes. What What would you think you'd do if you didn't have all these responsibilities? I'll work less and have fun and relax. Same life, just less um, working. Less working. Yes. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure I would do things too differently yeah, um, yeah. if I had... Because I have pretty close to absolute freedom. Yes. You know? I know. You know you do. And I'm not... I don't really, you know, do things... Yeah, I, I guess you have to, you know, be happy with yourself. Of course. Before you can... Because when I was younger, I just thought that, you know, once I became an adult and had money, then I could have the best life. Um, but it doesn't really work out that way. Because no, no. I was... I think I was traveling and I was in like India, like doing these really cool things, mm-hmm. but still found like I wasn't at ease with myself. Yes. But, uh, usually say like since we've been in this country there's a lot like you can write a book mm-hmm. our life since we came here because when i first came for example i had to live with people sleeping on their couches before i go to start working and all that and and you had your two kids with you no they came one year later after oh, okay so them. they stayed home yeah with i family. had them stay home then they came later came with their father actually their father went to oklahoma but um when he came here, it didn't work out because he went to Oklahoma and my kids were here with my aunt, my nieces, and another relative living in a two-bedroomed apartment. So mm-hmm. when he came, he was like, what are you doing with all these people? You need to kick them out. And I'm like, so you never changed. Yeah. <laughs> you still mean because he kicked my sister out. And Aww. then all these memories came back and I realized that, okay, wait a minute. He was abusive back home. He was very mean and all that. So... So eventually, anyway, we parted ways because and of all those. Yeah. Did you do you feel you would have been able to do that back home? Not really, because back home you try to divorce, separate from someone. You go back to your family, parents, aunties, wherever they tell you, oh, just hang in there. That's how it is. That's how mm. married life is. Just hang in there, persevere. So you tend to really, yeah, but. Personally, that's one of the reasons I came here, to be independent and be able to do everything for myself, which I'm capable of. So that's when I told him, okay, it looks like this is not working out. Mm. Because he went to school and told me, um, you work, pay bills. While I go to school and I get done, then we'll reverse roles. You go to school and I pay the bills. But it didn't happen like that. So when he got done with school, his master's, he was like, I'm not paying bills. I bought my house. Uh, I came 2000, in 2000. My kids came in May of 2001. That's the same 2000, end of 2000, I bought my house. Because I worked so hard. I was working three, four jobs, saving money. So when he came, I told him, okay, let's buy a house. He said, no, for what? Not necessary. So I said, no, I want to buy a house. I don't want to rent. 
So I bought my house. He was not paying a dime. Two years, three years, I told him, get out of my house. I want a divorce, so that's what happened. So I kicked him out and <coughs> lived with my kids and happier. Yeah? Yeah. So that's the culture, African culture. The men tend to think women can take care of everything. They don't have to do nothing. Yeah. Not like here where you both chip in, taking care of kids, splitting bills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when the men realize that you can do it, then they relax and save their money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, yeah. So that's what happened to me. And yeah. Kept yeah. I didn't know that before, but I'm, um, I, I love how uh, strong and, um, resourceful you were yeah. and you and you you know I, I i always knew that you were like a strong um independent person um the, the kind of person that doesn't need um what's the word i'm looking for doesn't need your approval you know i always liked you because <laughs> i knew that you didn't need me <laughs> to like you you're like i know i'm good i've been working i i got family <laughs> Like I, I know, I know what to do because I can take care of myself, yeah. um, and that's cool. I mean, yeah, I try. We all do, I guess, in life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, do you care? Like, I mean, this is gonna sound weird, but like, what do you like about? Um, working and now um, well I mean you've, you've kind of been running the group home um, anyway now you're just more officially doing it and getting a pay raise um, what do you like about uh, taking care of the clients oh that's another thing like I've taken care of two of them since they were seven I can't believe that that's and so Lord, crazy they are 25 and 24 so yeah, I, I do care about them just like part of my family. Do you get have attached to them? Yeah. What's that? I get attached to them and want the best for them and to be there for them. What yes, what um how do you think of their disabilities? Um I I struggle with how I think of other people, uh people with, you know, what we say is our normal functioning brains. Yeah. Um what do you what what uh do you have any thoughts about that or feelings yeah i feel bad that uh sometimes i look at them like specifically one a female one and i'm like this young lady is so smart if she can only open her mouth she can speak a lot and do a lot mm -hmm. but she's just locked in there like she can't speak she can't do anything but she wants to express herself but she cannot and yeah Sometimes it breaks my heart, especially when they're having behaviors, hurting themselves mm. or crying. Like once in a while, they'll just break down and cry and you don't know why they are crying. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Yeah. Do you need to take it? No, I'll call them back. Yeah. Yeah. I so, yeah, if I feel bad, but at the same time, I know they're happy and comfortable and I'm, I'm happy for them because they have the best people who care for them this group home. They're lucky. I've heard of other places where they're really not treated nicely. The clients are not treated nicely, but I know the ones 
we take care of have the best yeah yes it breaks my heart when i think that i'm not sure our clients would be alive if they were born a hundred years ago yes um and yeah just that that's very sad but so a lot of times i i i pity the group home clients because they can't do certain things i can but then i remember how often they're happy <laughs> that's true they're just content with just very little yeah yeah and i think that kind of teaches me a little bit about how to be a human and how to just appreciate being alive and that i don't require as much as i think i do and being able to make your own decisions and choose what you want to do what you don't want to do because them you're just like okay come eat go to bed come take a bath they don't get to make i mean their own decisions what they want to do but we do try as much as possible to give them choices mm -hmm. if they're able to choose yeah yeah or decide yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i take one of the clients that sometimes has excess money to the grocery store yes and i'll have to communicate that they can like have whatever they want yeah <laughs> and it takes a couple minutes to get that message across and then they get really excited and you know start grabbing stuff happy. yes um so it, it's uh, about 29 minutes um this episode i'm probably not going to cut very much out at all because you okay. don't have very much time okay um and normally i have people we would stop here and they would spend some time write a paragraph or two okay. or a poem or something about what they would want their eulogy to be okay. um uh but we're not going to do that today but instead um what would you like to tell your friends and family if let's imagine that tomorrow you get um, ran over by someone who's like texting and driving. I say and that because you have a bumper sticker that says drive now, text later. Okay. Um, what would you like to uh, tell your friends and family? I'll tell them not to stress too much and not to spend a lot of money on me. Like in our community, I tell them just bury me here. Really, once you're gone, you're gone. So don't stress yourselves. Don't cry too much because, you know, in fact, I tell them I can be cremated to make it as cheap as possible, which is culturally, it is no-no. That's what my aunt had said, that we don't know if she, was, if she knew that she was going to die because she was telling her kids that if I die, don't even bother, just cremate me, which was no-no. Body, your body has to go home. Have to be buried at home, yeah. Oh, so it, they didn't uh, It is the cultural thing, yeah. So I'll tell them I lived a good life, I think, though no one wants to die, <laughs> unless when you're really old and, yeah. Well, that's beautiful. Selfless to the end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, even after you die, you're still sending money home by not having them spend $20,000 on funeral arrangements um, you're a wonderful person Monica and I admire you and I think you know that but I've always thought you were a very wonderful person thank you and I'm happy thank that you you right. too Matthew <laughs> <laughs> I love working with you all the time yeah okay um, this has been your eulogy this episode was um, edited the music was done by me Matthew Schneeman you can email me at your eulogy mail at gmail.com for any questions if you want to leave a 
leave a rating or a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this. That would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. I will see you next week.